Crack open your beers and put the kids to bed early. Let's talk some fantasy football. Let's talk some some football. Let's talk some sports in general, Tim. Punt the QB podcast. Rick Navalani, Tim Singer. Tim, what do you want to start with? I mean, there's, you know, like we talked the last couple podcasts how it's kind of the dog days of summer and you're staring down the barrel of some good old regular season baseball, you know, uh, which ironically we're watching as we record this. Um, but I, I mean, I figure we thought the big draw would be the last couple weeks would be NBA free agency, KD wants out, Kyrie needs out, it's going to be crazy. Well, it's been kind of quiet. I mean, we did have one, you know, the Suns did match uh, the offer sheet on DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Ayton, the Pacers offered him four years, $133 million. So knock off the best available player. But what comes with that is the fact that he cannot be traded without his permission for a year. So all those dreams and thoughts of KD going to Phoenix, you can pretty much put those out the window. Yeah, there's plenty of other places where he's looking to go to. I mean, Miami could still put a big deal together. I mean, I know that now uh, Donovan Mitchell wants out, or I think the Jazz, not so much as Donovan Mitchell wants out, but the Jazz <laughs> want to move on from Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you know, it's crazy times with NBA basketball. I don't know if there's any any sport quite like it where um, somebody says they want out. Or a, or a team just totally decides to scrap what they're doing, and it's just a free-for-all. Yeah, and speaking of, like, baseball, like, it's weird. In the NBA, no sports league partners up with their players as much as the NBA. Yeah. They promote their players. They, they make their players center stage, and the teams are kind of in the background. And the NBA is fine with that because that makes them buckets of money. Yeah, not only does it make it buckets of, buckets of money, but even in the... In the uh, collective bargaining agreement that they made, more than half of the money goes back to the players. It's yeah. the only league where that happens. But that's the thing is, though, because of that business model, they've actually moved up to number two in our country. And I only bring that up because in baseball, the best player means nothing. I mean, the Angels are in free fall and are having a terrible season, and they have the best two players in baseball. Yeah. And that's the thing is, baseball is a little different where you can be like, well, I'm not going to let Shota, Shota, you know, Shotani or uh, Trout beat me. I'll just go ahead and intentionally walk him. But, like, even if you don't and they're having a killer season, which Showtime is, I, I mean, that doesn't translate. It doesn't matter. But in the NBA, you know, you don't see the best player not make the playoffs. You don't see yeah, the best players. The best players in the NBA can take games over at will. You know, Michael Jordan did it. LeBron did it. Steph can Steph Curry can do it. Durant does it. You know, I mean, like, and sometimes player the best players can just put teams on their back and take it over. But then again, there's only five people on the court. It's five versus five. I mean, exactly. You know, and and baseball, it's not like it's not like in uh, in basketball. In baseball, you're one of nine, and you bat ninth again. You know, what I mean, you you bat you don't bat again for another nine. Yeah, we'll times. see in three innings. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like basketball, it's like that guy could come back down the court and be like, I'm going to shoot again. I got the rebound. I'm going to shoot again. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and to, to expand more on the sports landscape that is going on, we'd be remiss this week if we didn't at least mention the 150th edition of the Open Championship. The artist, Phil is the British Open, yeah. is going on, you know? And it's it's kind of neat because, like, they're trying to keep the focus on the fact that it's the 150th Open and, and the, the old course and all that good stuff. And not about Liv versus PGA. Mm-hmm. And they've gone out of their way. They didn't even invite Liv CEO Greg Norman. Of all the players that were available pre-tournament, not one of them were Liv players. So they went above and beyond to not have it be about PGA versus Liv. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and most of these Liv guys, um, a lot of them have not played well. Like, they're not going to make the cut. Phil's not going to make the cut. There's a whole list of guys. Yeah, but I tell you what, if cut. you look at just, you know, and I know no, we're, through, we're through two rounds, but... In the early rounds, Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood, Taylor Gooch, uh, Poulter, DeChambeau, Scott Vince, they all had good first rounds. You know, and even now, we got Cameron Smith as the leader through two rounds at minus 13. Cameron Young is minus 11. But four four off the pace is Duff, Justin Johnson. Tied for eighth is Gooch at minus seven. So they're they're hanging around. I mean, you know, they're not atop the leaderboard. Like I said, you got the two Camerons up there. But, they're, you know, there's a couple guys hanging around. Do you think this? Uh, a lot of there's a lot of talk that this is Tiger's last uh, last time to play St Andrews. Do you think this is this is it? Do you think this is the end of the road? Well, I mean, he obviously he didn't make the cut. 
Yeah. No. And but but I tell you what, you can't say that in utter disappointment. Like, oh, Tiger, you didn't make the cut. The fact that he's playing golf on a professional level after the accident he endured and all the surgeries he's had is remarkable in its own. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like golf is one of those few games where you can still have a chance at one more run. You can still. I mean, we've seen guys in their fifties make one good run. Yeah, Phil you just know. won a tournament, won a man, won a won a, a a major just yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. You know. Um, so, is it the last time he'll ever play St. St. Andrews? Uh, maybe, but I wouldn't put anything past him. I'm just amazed that he's on the course and competing at a professional level after the accident he endured. Yeah, it's incredible when you think about when you think about like you have like the people that you you your parents and my parents. And so that when you grew up and you listened to them talk about Muhammad Ali, or they would talk about um, Julius Irving, you know, Dr. J, or you know, just Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like those kind of players, and you they you they tell these stories of like this is one of these guys that anybody that's listening to this that's in their twenties to forties is going to be talking about this to their grandkids. Like Tiger Woods is one of those special players. He's your he's your he's on the he's on the the cusp of the same the same talk as like Michael Jordan and and LeBron James and uh a Barry Bonds a Roger Clemens um you know those kind of guys you know the guys that literally kind of changed the game in a in a certain way and T- Tiger totally changed the game he made golf more interesting than it ever was before oh absolutely you know every time the the sports radio guys when it's the you know the the days around the all-star break or just it's real slow they do the lists and they mm-hmm. do the Mount Rushmore of sports, if you will. And, of course, you got to have, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, uh, the Wayne Gretzky. And I think Tiger belongs on there. Not only was he absolutely dominant to the point where every weekend you'd be like Tiger of the field. And you're like, eh, what other sport, you know, individual sport where you're like Tiger of the field and you don't know. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he single-handedly made purses for all these tournaments I'm triple. I mean, all these guys owe so much to him. The current, you know, best players, you know, Rory and DJ and all this stuff, they own these huge purses to Tiger because everywhere he went, the, 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 the you know, the tournaments were so much more popular. And like I said, it truly was Tiger versus the field. Did you know that they had they had matched up in this tournament? They had matched up, I, I believe it was Max Homa against Tiger Woods, like in the first round with the, they play in the threesomes and stuff like that. And... It was awesome watching on Twitter and social media, like Max Homa just being like, "It doesn't make a difference what I do in this tournament. If I make the cut, I goes, I get to play in the in in the open with Tiger Woods." Oh yeah, like he was fanboying out. Like it would be like me being there talking to you know like to Tiger Woods right now. I would be totally like geeking out about it. Oh, who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, he's still, I, he's. He's a living legend. That's mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like every generation, like you were talking about, our parents' generation talking about the greats and stuff like that. And and like I said, for, for our generation, he's one of the greats. You can still like fanboy out because he's still Tiger effing Woods. I mean, he completely changed the game. And he not only that, but he brought the game to so many people who otherwise wouldn't care about golf. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, the, the PGA and the golf world as a whole owes so much to Tiger and he was amazing to watch. He was so dominant. And he was when he was red polo tiger on Sunday, look out. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about generational talent, let's talk about generational talent for this generation, which a lot of people think Pat Mahomes is. And we're going to start off with the AFC West with your reigning AFC West champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you have to. If you're going to talk about the AFC West, you have to talk about the team that has dominated this division for, you know, since Andy Reid took over. And, I mean, last year they went 12-5. and five. They lost in the AFC Championship, which is kind of weird because there are times, like, people forget. When it comes to AFC playoffs last year, everybody remembers Chiefs-Bills. Yeah. But you kind of forget that wasn't even the AFC Championship. You know, it, it was Chiefs-Bengals. What a you know? crazy two min- last two minutes that was of that game. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, going into halftime, you're like, all right, just another Kansas City Chiefs win. And the, the Bengals' defense went into Arrowhead. And shut them down for the second half. But what, I only brought that up because, like I said, when you remember the Chiefs, and we're going to talk about, you know, let's just briefly mention what they did last year, you forget that that Chiefs-Bills uh, game was a second-round game. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the the Miracon Ice. Everybody's like, oh, and, you know, when the, the kids from uh, Lake Placid took out the Russians, 
that wasn't even the gold plate. That wasn't even the gold medal game. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was that was the play-in game to the gold medal game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was I mean, semifinals. Which, I mean, that game was crazy because it was literally, and everyone was like deeming it being the the Super Bowl. Like whoever wins this game, oh, that's it. Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win it all, and then they didn't even make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, crazy. So let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and where they're at this year. Tim, what's the over under for total wins for the Chiefs this year? Ten and a half. That's right around where I guess it should be. I mean, they had a lot of losses when you're talking about Tyreek Hill, Tyron Mathau, Anthony Hitchens. They just lost uh, one of their offensive linemen, just retired. Um, you know, Byron Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're talking about like a lot of the a lot of the receivers are gone. Byron Pringle's gone, Demarcus Robinson's gone, and Tyreek Hill got traded. You know, and I know you brought in Sky Moore and you brought in MBS and you brought in Juju. Um and as much as I think that, like, obviously two two Bs don't make the one A that was Tyreek, I'm really interested to see how this goes with these receivers because I think there's a lot more mouths to feed quality-wise. I think MVS is going to have a great year, and, and Juju's, Juju's been a solid receiver when he's healthy. When he's healthy, yeah. And, and when Ben was still Ben, Juju had some good years, and I, I'm— just like we were talking about when we covered the NFC North and the Packers. You want to see, what does Aaron Rodgers do without Devontae Adams? And when you look back at his stats and his numbers, they actually, I mean, have had great success without him on the field. I don't know that we can say that about the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill. Because last year we talked about it every week when we talked about the Chiefs, how they were Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and that's how the ship goes. Obviously, Pat Mahomes is talented enough to spread the ball around. It's just, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how does he, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, reinvent himself. How does he reinvent the Chiefs' offense mm-hmm. minus their big play guy, you know? And it's the thing is, that was the story of this offseason. You talked about all the guys they lost, some of the guys they brought in, but the story of their offseason was the trade of Tyreek Hill, which, by the way, netted five draft picks, you know? And, and we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mentioned uh, their star edge rusher, Frank, uh, Frank Clark, is facing felony weapons charge. So just something to keep an eye on. You know, I, I don't think it's something that will hover over this team because Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach and he won't let it. But something to keep an eye on because, like I said, we talked about some of the guys they did lose. And if he if he ends up getting suspended four games, six games, whatever, because, you know, the Shield's going to protect the Shield, with the, the division they play in, I, I mean, it could open the door for anybody else. I mean... Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs pretty much shows the future of the NFL, or what we've always been seeing with the NFL. Same exact thing with the with Russell Wilson in Seattle. You pay the quarterback a ton of money, and then in two years the paycheck comes due, and then you got to start making cuts and make moves and stuff like that. They got rid of Tyreek Hill because they could not afford Tyreek Hill with all the other contracts that they were giving out, and that Mahomes money that's a big that's a big cap hit. That's a big hit to their payroll. Yeah, that's the thing. Is It's something we've seen for the better part of a decade to 15 years is a team can win with an elite defense if their quarterback is a game manager or on a rookie deal. We saw with the Colts with Andrew Luck, the Legion of Boom with the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. It can be a really good defense on, on a quarterback on a rookie deal, or it can be an elite quarterback and enough pieces around to win or guys that take pay cuts to win to make it happen. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, when when the bill comes due, when you pay these quarterbacks, and that's the thing is they are the most important position in sports. When you pay these quarterbacks, something's got to give, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the problem. I mean, it's, it, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens. Same thing in Green Bay. When you're going to give Aaron Rodgers $50 million, you know, that's what happens. You have to let other people go. Same thing with the Chiefs. The difference with the Chiefs is I have a little more faith in Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I Juju, you think he wants to prove it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and there's still enough talent around here. Uh, like I said, I, I'm a little bit intrigued by Sky Moore. They brought in Ronald Jones. I'm not 100% sure why. They don't really make an effort to run the ball. <laughs> I'm, and no, I, I mean, I, I'm saying it, but in pass attempts per game last year, they were number two. In rush attempts per game, they were number 20. So it still flows through the play calling of Andy Reid. And the quarterbacking of Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Ronald Jones isn't really your receiving back in any way, shape, or form. Not at I all. mean, that seems to be more like a CEH thing now. Obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's still there. And maybe this kind of 
moves him into a, a, a spot more that he's more comfortable with is maybe being like a, a run the ball every now and then and then be like the receiving back as opposed to having him try to be all of it, which it didn't seem like it really worked as well. But then the fact that Casey just didn't bother trying to run the ball. Yeah, I think he in a lot of teams in the NFL are realizing this. If you if you would deploy a committee at running back, that almost makes each guy a little bit better. Kind of like when you take a starter in baseball, put him in the bullpen, and he can ramp it up five miles an hour mm-hmm. because he only has to pitch an inning or two. Same thing with these running backs. CEH, who may not have to handle first and second down anymore, could be more effective as a whole. He, What, what I'm saying is he could be better with 15 touches than he was with 20 to 25. Mm-hmm. All right, so we haven't even talked about Travis Kelsey, really. I mean, he's he's by far, you know, offensively, numbers-wise, the best tight end in the league. Um, he's got Mark Andrews right there with him. He's got uh, George. He's got uh, Kittle, George Kittle. I mean, but most of the time we're, we're talking about Kelsey is is like the one. Um, now, my my question to you is: Was it Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Mahomes looking for those two guys because they were just so far and beyond better than the other people? Because you're bringing in MVS, you're bringing in Juju, um, but the other guys. I mean, you could say it, Nicole Hardman. Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, these guys underperformed from what anybody thought they were going to do. Is the, is there any reason to think that this is going to change with the with with opening things up? I think it will because I I think the quality of player with that you got with MVS and Juju is better than what you had before. But was it just was Mahomes only looking towards those guys, or 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 was it the fact that these guys just weren't good enough to be out there? Um. Well, that's the problem. Is we you can't say. Oh, maybe they just weren't good enough because no one has left Kansas City and been better somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's what blew my mind when, you know, I know Ryan Poles came from Kansas City and he brought in Byron Pringle. But like you brought up when we were talking about the Bears breakdown, if he wasn't good with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, yeah. what makes you think he's going to be better with Eber Flus and Justin Fields? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, I, I, perhaps Kelsey and Hill are that much better. Because we haven't seen anybody leave the Chiefs and be better somewhere else. You know, everybody's still waiting for Sammy Watkins to hit. Every I, year, somebody's like, oh, this is the year. I think this is this will be a telltale year with uh, with Tyreek and how he does with Tua in Miami. Um, so, let's take a look at their schedule. They've got they've got some some decent matchups here. They, they play at Arizona. They play at Indy. They play at Tampa Bay. They play uh, against Buffalo, at San Francisco, against the Rams, at Cincinnati again. Now these are, the, the, and that doesn't even include their division. Yeah, games, and their which division are all is brutal. brutal. There is no gimmies. There is no Seahawks. There is no Texans. You know, I mean, so I, they, I mean, they they do play. The, you know, they have three easy matchups. They play Jacksonville, Seattle, and Houston. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say there is no. What I'm saying is, in their division, there is no gimme. There yeah. is no. You know, so three easy ones and fourteen tough ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> one of these teams in this division, you would think, has got to. It's got to underperform compared to where everybody thinks they're going to be at. I mean, there's just... Have you ever seen four teams in the same division be this competitive? Um, I Not that I can remember, but, you know, hell, sometimes I forget where I parked my car. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying, like I said, I, 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 in my opinion, this is the year maybe they take a step back because, A, the division is, is stacked. B, they're playing a first-place schedule. C, Travis Kelsey's another year older. D, Tyreek Hill being gone could be... I mean, like I said, we need someone from the room of Juju, Nicole Harbin, MVS, and Sky Moore to step up. Do you know that anybody will? No, but I think if you get if you get the same... If you get the same type of production and season from MVS that you got when he was with Rodgers the last couple of years, I think you'll be pretty happy. I, I Okay, we'll see. I mean, so what do you think? If you think you're taking the field, you're taking the Chiefs to win this division. Who are you taking? I think I mentioned it last week or whatever, but I think the Chargers. I like the Chargers, too. I do. I do. I like the Chargers. I, the, I would definitely take the field, but if we, like, we'll get to the Chargers in a little bit there. Okay, a team that everybody thought was going to have to suffer from regression last year with the whole John Gruden and um, the the wide receiver. What was his name? The the wide receiver that got into Ruggs, the car accident. Henry yeah, Ruggs. Henry Ruggs third, And then the, uh, what the, they had weapons charges on a couple of players, a couple of, I think, DUIs and stuff like that, where they had to cut a couple of players. The, the Raiders last year turned like a, 
a crap sandwich into into like you know a, a, a real Italian hoagie from Augustino's. <laughs> I I I don't wow I don't know what to say to that, buddy. I mean seriously, yeah, they, no, it it could have it could have went south very easily. They, it it was a dumpster fire that they were able to put out and succeed with. I mean, I, like I said, I. The fact that they finished 10 and 7 last year with the Henry Ruggs fiasco, the John Gruden fiasco, is, is a testament to Derek Carr, that head coach. I, I mean, that defense totally overperformed, outperformed their expectations. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, of, of all the teams in this division, not only did they get new GM, new head coach, this new GM and head coach went on a spending spree. Yeah. They, of, of everybody in this division, they went out and spent money. I mean, we all know about they traded for Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they gave up a hefty price for him um, and then signed him to a huge deal. They brought in free agent Chandler, Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. From Arizona, uh, who is who is yeah. pretty good, pretty good edge rusher. <laughs> yeah, very good. I, I mean, like I said, from Arizona via New England. <laughs> Patriots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I, Rocky Sin, Anthony Avert, Bilal Nichols, Jalen Brown. I mean, they were passing out money. They extended Hunter Renfro for two years, $32 million. Adams, five years, $140 million. Chandler Jones, two for 34 Extended Max Crosby, four for 94 They were passing out money, and they were printing it like they were the government. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Why not throw money at everything? That's what <laughs> Vegas does. Yeah, and the funny thing is, Vegas, speaking of which, doesn't Vegas, the sports books, doesn't necessarily believe in Vegas, the Raiders. They are the fourth favorite in their division at plus 650, which is still funny because you're not going to see a last, quote-unquote, last-place favorite at 650. That's mm-hmm. you know that's the status of this division, but they don't think that's going to translate. Them going 10-7 and 7 last year, bringing in Adams, spending all this money, Vegas itself doesn't think that it's going to translate. Well, they've got the rapport. I mean, Derek Carr and... And Devontae Adams, they went to college together. I mean, these two were these two were college buddies. I mean, I think they're going to be right, hopefully right back into the swing of things. I mean, I, I don't know if this defense performs like it did last year. I, they're gonna they're gonna definitely knock some be- yeah, knock some teams over. They're they're going to be one of those guys that I'm really glad that I've got red zone that you can you can see the Raiders, you can see these West Coast teams because mm-hmm. here in the Midwest they try to jam down. Hey, the Lions are regional. Let's watch the Lions play the Dolphins. But like, no, let's not. Yeah, let's watch, you know? let's watch a Lions three p.m. game rather than watching you know I don't know good good football. <laughs> and it's, and so that's the thing is though we've seen it we saw it the previous year when the Bengals went out and got Jamar Chase to play. With Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and they uh, the Dolphins went out and got Jalen Waddle to play with Tua. They're doing this whole let's pair guys together that are familiar. So now we're seeing it again with, like you said, Derek Carr playing with uh, Devontae Adams, yeah. And you know, the, and the, the Arizona Cardinals pairing Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown, yeah. So I mean, people, it's a copycat league, and that's the thing is, last year, if you look at the ranks. And the Raiders, and like I said, I understand it's a new coaching staff, but you're bringing in Josh McDaniels, who, for whatever you want to say about his whole fiasco in Denver as the head coach, he has been very successful as a play caller. And last year, without him, um, in pass attempts per game, the Raiders were 7th. In rush attempts per game, 26th. So if you had that big a discrepancy last year, and they bring in Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams, I I mean, those passing numbers could be out of control. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you really can't... uh can't fault them right now. I mean, Josh Jacobs, um, even though he's only three or four years in the NFL, I mean, he hasn't really been like dazzling anything as far as like rushing wise and stuff like that. He's kind of your give him the ball and and watch him get four or five yards. I mean, he's not he hasn't really been explosive, I would say. Um, and then they picked up Kenyon Drake, and he wasn't really doing that much of that either last year, you know, as opposed to when he was on Arizona and actually had a really good year a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that's the thing is Josh Jacobs, he's in the last year of his rookie deal. You brought it up. He wasn't spectacular. If you're a fantasy player, he's another one of those guys that he got his numbers on volume. Mm-hmm. He didn't have quality. He had quantity. And guess what? Those still count. You know, I mean, he was able to finish RB12 in fantasy. But the Raiders agree. Because not only did they bring in Drake last year, but they, they had very limited draft picks. Okay? They only had six draft picks because of those trades. And they still used a fourth-round draft pick on Georgia running back Zamir White. So they tend to agree, too. They they seem to be ready to move on from Josh Jacobs. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, they they also. I mean, they didn't even pick until the third round. I mean, how crazy is that? How rare is it that you see a team not picking the first two rounds of the draft? I well, mean, that's how you get Devonta Adams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, exactly. But I mean, you know, 
They got uh, Dylan Parham, the uh, offensive guard from Memphis. I mean, I think that's a really good pick at 390. Oh, absolutely. Got. And that's the thing is it's I, I love when teams are invest are willing to invest a first, second, or third round pick in offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it really does start up front. A good offensive line can make an average running back look spectacular. And, and an even a, and even an average quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is you can have a great quarterback where if he's got to get rid of the ball quickly, oh well. Mm-hmm. Or you can have an average quarterback who has time to throw and pick apart a defense because a defensive back, even the best guys in the league, can't stick on a receiver for more than three or four seconds. I yeah. mean, if, if a quarterback has time to throw, he's going to have open targets. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad that they were, I mean, like I said, with limited draft picks, they were still willing to invest in a guard. Uh, they brought in a running back. It, the problem is, because they finished strong last year, they have a second-place schedule. Yeah. So uh, we talked about it with the Chiefs. It's another tough one. Their only three soft landing spots are the same as the Chiefs. Houston, Seattle, and Jacksonville. Everything else is hard to very hard. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that makes it harder for them this season is their, their softer matchups, they play on the road. They play at New Orleans. They play at Tennessee. They play at Pittsburgh. They play at the Rams. I mean, like, not the Rams, but I mean the other three teams. Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Tennessee. Those are different beasts when you're playing at their at their area than them playing at your area. Area, huh? Area. At, at your home field. <laughs> at your home field. Are they playing in the parking lot? Or? Yes. Area 51 in Vegas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, they still play against... They, they, they host Arizona... They host Indy, they host New England, and they host San Francisco. And then once again, as we said with KC, this division. I mean, yeah. there's going to be a lot. I mean, I, I could definitely see this division, but I think there could be the one team that kind of slides off. You know, so they have a major injury or something like that. You know, whether it's a quarterback or maybe a, a, a stud defensive player or something like that that the team heavily relies on, and the and that one team just kind of gets lost in the shuffle and just has a, a very poor season because of it. But I could also see every single team in this division going three and three, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's that's the problem is is they're going to be beating up on each other, and that's why I made the cat club the case last week for Indianapolis in the AFC because they're the the only soft landing spot in the AFC is the Southern Division, mm-hmm. you know. So the Raiders made the playoffs last year, and it really. And so did the Steelers, and it really was at the expense of the Chargers uh, collapsing at the end of the season and not making the playoffs. Because this is a team that was really good that everyone expected to make the playoffs. Well, I think it also had a little something to do with the Jags beating the Colts. Huh. But yeah, I know that the Chargers were, you know, uh, offensively exciting to watch. Herbert definitely took another step forward. This team looks really good, but finished 9-8 and made the playoffs. Or missed the playoffs, sorry. So... It'll be interesting to see. And the thing is, though, when you look at Vegas, and I think we both agree, they look like this year's darling. This is the team that everybody thinks is ready to take the next step up. And if we talk about first place schedule for the Chiefs, and we talk about the money the Raiders spent and all that stuff, people seem to like the Chargers this year. I mean, and I can't disagree. I, I Their odds to win the division are plus 220. That's really good odds. We talked about when you we were talking about the NFC North and how the Vikings were plus money and had bought it just as good a shot as the pa- – that's the same thing with the Chargers. They're plus 220, and I think they have every bit as good a shot as the Chiefs. You know, I, I third in the NFC – or the AFC plus 750, plus uh, 4,400 to win the Super Bowl, over under for 10 wins. A lot of love out there for the Chargers. Yeah, I have a lot of love for the Chargers. I – I don't really see the love for for winning the Super Bowl, but for winning this division, I think I think they they have the talent to do it. Um, they did they did lose a lot of people. They lost Brian Balaga. They lost Chris Harris Jr. the cornerback. They lost uh, Linval jo- Joseph, the interior defensive lineman. The, J- the Jared Cook go. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of people here. I notice you're not going to try to pronounce the defensive end they lost <laughs> to Seattle. <laughs> no, Yushema. Y- no, no, Noosa. Yeah, if that you, guys, if you right. guys have been listening the last yeah. couple of weeks, he's, I've been trying. He's Mister Dictionary, yeah. and I don't even bother. <laughs> I mean, they lost a right guard in Michael Sheffield. They lost Kaiser White, the linebacker to Philadelphia. Justin, Kaiser Sose too. Just, <laughs> Kaiser Sose. <laughs> um, they lost Justin Jackson, the running back. He's he's a free agent. He hasn't signed out with anybody. I mean, but they did bring in 
um, some really good talent there. They brought in Khalil Mack. They brought in Kyle Von Noy. There's two. There's two linebackers. Two edge. You know, there's an edge rusher there in Khalil Mack. They brought in Austin Johnson from the Giants, one of the better interior defensive linemen that was on the Giants last year. They brought in J.C. Jackson from New England, the cornerback. I mean, they brought in a lot of they. They lost a lot of talent, but they brought in what could be substantially just as good, if not better, talent. Yeah, that's the thing is they they came in with a really good offense. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is the real deal. Brought back Mike Williams. But what they spent this offseason doing was improving the defense. I was waiting for you to mention J.C. Jackson. He was the star of the guys they brought in. Mm -hmm. He is one of the best corners in this league. And they really spent this offseason improving the defense. And I think that's why there's a lot of love for them out there. Yeah. You know, and and even in the draft, they spent a third-round pick on a safety. Mm -hmm. You know, a a first-round pick on a guard. I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. You never saw guards go before the third round. Well, you know, the one thing that I saw that... That really excites me about this guard is is that the Chargers last year uh, drafted uh, Rashawn Slater, the left tackle, and he was a Pro Bowl in his rookie year. So obviously they have a good eye for offensive lineman talent early in the drafts. So bringing this guy in, I mean, if you look at it, if this guy turns into a, a Pro Bowler also as a guard, you got two guys you picked in the first round in in successful years that are now Pro Bowlers in less than a year. Yeah, I I, I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch because. Offensively, they're always in every game. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what Khalil Mack has left in the tank. Do we do we see that the Bears gave up on me and I'm not done yet? Do you see that? Does he play with a chip on his shoulder? You know, um, I'm really interested to see what they become. I don't even think Khalil Mack has to because he's got Bosa there now. He's got one of the Bosas. That right, over no, there. yeah, no. Uh, so it's not like he's yeah, got Joe. Yeah, he yeah. he doesn't have to but, play like he doesn't have to play out of his mind or or even if he if he is if he if he pulls the uh, former Bear Leonard Floyd, I'm going to show everybody and stuff like that and and plays really well. I mean, great, but I mean he he probably he's he's skilled enough where he doesn't even need to do that. Well, I, I, I'm just saying, imagine if he does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like I said, we we we're talking about the Chargers taking the next step forward. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he does, because like you said, you brought up Leonard Floyd, who's half. If we're being nice, half the talent that Khalil Mack is. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, Mack may excel simply playing opposite Joey Bosa. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty excited about this team this year. That's why I mentioned their odds to win the AFC, their odds to win the Super Bowl. There's some pretty good values for a team. And now the their of course their downside is their head coach is not proven. He likes to take a lot of chances and he likes to play, you know, uh he likes to play the um the odds. He likes mm-hmm. to do the, I'm going to go for it on fourth down. He likes to, you know, the sabermetrics, if you will. You know, um, but I, I, I'm i interested to see what they become defensively. Yeah. In, in that division, it's going to be tough. And a lot of times it's going to come down to the last play of the game. And if you've got Mack on one side and Joey Bosa on the other with J.C. Jackson in the, in the defensive backfield, I'm feeling a lot better about it. Well, and if you have the ball... And the game's on the line, and you've got Herbert and those receivers, and Austin Eckler, and that that offensive line, which has just been getting better. Like, yeah, I mean, either way, you want, you, either way, the other team's got the ball. You kind of like your chances, and if you've got the ball, you kind of like your chances. And we've talked about it before when you brought up uh, Russell Wilson with the Legion of Boom and Andrew Luck, and uh, a lot of these guys that were on rookie deals and teams had success. Um, they're still under Justin Herbert's rookie deal. This is their window, and I think they realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got two to three years before they have to pay Herbert to try to make a Super Bowl. And I, I'm excited about them. I mean, their schedule, again, because they play in the AFC West is tough. This year they play the AFC South, which gives you a couple easies with so Jacksonville and Houston. you're going to go ahead and say mat- their easy matchups? Jacksonville, Houston, Seattle. <laughs> And Atlanta. Like always. And Atlanta this time. That, that's what I'm saying. And Atlanta I, I was going to sneak Atlanta in there. <laughs> you know, uh, it's one of us has to be the radio pro. And um, they're, they're tough matchups. I mean, they play the, you know, they play the Rams at San Fran, at Indy. Every matchup in their division is tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a third place schedule in the AFC West is still tough. Yeah. But at least it's going to be better than the Chiefs and the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, that this third place finish actually, you know, sizes up a lot better matchup wise than it does for the other two teams. I mean, obviously, you still got to win your division games because this is going to be a game, a division that is just going to be roughing each other up. I mean, we were just talking about it before how we were like, "Oh, the Colts might just walk right walk right into the playoffs because the other because it's the division of have nots." But this is the division of has has it has it all going right now, and it could just get really 
nasty in the trenches. You're going to be looking at division games with a lot of injuries and just teams just roughing each other up. Yeah, I tell you from a fantasy perspective, what I'm excited about, in and, and, and this run, um, as the Chargers have gone from LT to Austin Eckler, they really have never had a dominant number two running back. And they've tried. You know, they've, there's been flashes of Joshua Kelly and flashes, you know, of uh, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, sorry. Thank you. Um, but they did spend a fourth-round draft pick on Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. It, with the size of Austin Eckler. Last year, Austin Eckler ended up finishing running back three in fantasy because not only was he the catch-the-ball-out-of-the-backfield guy, they trusted him at the goal line. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm intrigued. A guy his size, how can they... Will they continue to trust um, Austin Eckler at the goal line? Or do we see Isaiah Spiller steal some of that? Well, anyway, that was listening to us talk uh, pre-fantasy drafts, um, knew that knew that I did not trust the fact that because Eckler had never had that amount of touches in a season before, and I was wrong. But, <laughs> but that's the thing, though, that goes into this year. Are they going to continue to give him that many carries? Yeah, I mean, I, Isaiah Spiller, that's a... That's a solid. That's a solid number two right there. And in a, as a rookie, I think you're going to see like you do with a lot of these these uh, young rookies that are early draft picks. Um, you know, from second to fourth round, they come in with a lot of energy and and they hit the they hit they hit they did harder. They hit it hard. Like last year, uh, we'll get into it with the Broncos running backs and stuff like that. But last year, I believe the two guys that that broke the most tackles per you know what however many you know per rush per 100 rushes or something like that was. Javante Williams and Michael Carter, and both of those guys were rookies last year. So I mean, the you got guys that are coming in that are ready to to run and break tackles on people. Yeah, more and more teams are going well from the way from the bell cow back, and they're having success doing it. I mean, the Niners. What was special about the Niners last year in their trip to the NFC Championship? Almost nothing. I mean, Debo Samuel, okay, he was special. He was excited. Kittle was injured most of the year. But what they did was whoever was in the backfield succeeded. Yeah. Who saw Elijah Mitchell coming? Mm-hmm. Nobody. If you've got your hand up right now, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's the thing is that they showed that, okay, next man up, you go run the ball. Yeah. Raheem yeah. Mostert, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, but the Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, yes. Yeah. I mean, just exactly. I mean, random guy. You know, well, whoever they could find and put him out there, they just, you know, I don't know if that's attributed to that offensive line or whatever, but I mean, every single person they put out there just ended up putting, ended up mashing, and I think that you're going to be able to see that with this Chargers team. I mean, Eckler doesn't need to get that many touches to be successful. He's done it in years past. All right, we were just, I was always concerned of can he withstand getting that many touches, and he proved he could. Yeah, I'm excited for the Chargers this year. Yeah, I mean, they're honestly, they're my favorite to win this division, especially with those odds. Absolutely. So last but certainly not least is the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos brought in Russell Wilson. I heard they did something yes. this offseason. Yeah, so, uh, this just in, coming through the telegram, Russell Wilson. So what you're saying is the big story was not bringing back Melvin Gordon. No. Oh, and <laughs> no. it wasn't hiring Nathaniel and it, Hackett. And it wasn't getting rid of Kyle Fuller as quickly as possible. Oh, Kyle Fuller, Fuller, rest in peace. Yeah, no, I the Denver Broncos, another one of those teams a lot of people would talk about because it's so, they're going to let Russ cook. They're going to let Russ cook. And for fantasy purposes, I sure hope they do. This could be another team that's fun and exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. This is why we love football. I mean, last year they went 7-10 and 10 and missed the playoffs, and their odds to win the division are plus 260. Yeah, I mean, a lot of love for them out there. They're plus 1,600 to win the Super Bowl. They're over-under for win total, 10. And this is a team who finished last last year in their division. So, I, I mean, I I don't want to say it's the Aaron Little math. You know, <laughs> and like everybody that's been in our fantasy league knows what I'm talking about. The whole, everybody's 500 or above. But in this division, they could be. Uh, Denver Broncos, like I said, I mean, they, they did hire Nathaniel Hackett for what it's worth. A lot of times when you see an offensive coordinator who has a great quarterback, that doesn't always work out, say Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. But like Nathaniel Hackett, a lot of respect for him around the league. Uh, obviously, he brought in Russell Wilson. It did cost him two ones, two twos, and three players. So it, it cost him a lot. They did bring back Melvin Gordon. Fantasy players weren't happy about that. We thought, oh man, this is Javante Williams. He's going to finally get his deal. And they said, not so fast. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, bring him. But I think this is going to be more of Javante Williams instead of it being fifty-fifty. And a couple extra touches would get to Melvin Gordon at the beginning of last season. I think now you're going to see it's going to be like 60-40, 70-30, 70-25. 
um, favoring more Javante Williams now. Yeah, but I think it could be one of those, like they do in Green Bay, where like Nick Chubb gets all the yards and then Kareem Hunt takes it in from the three. In Green Bay? Yeah. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Yeah, him too. Um, <laughs> you mean in did, Cleveland? Did you know what I meant yeah. with the Germans yeah. bomb Pearl Harbor? Okay then. But that's what I'm saying is, like, you could see that this year where Javante Williams does all the cooking from the 20 to the 20, and then they hand it to Melvin Gordon to vault show the touchdown. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying if, if there's a worry fantasy-wise, I know the Broncos don't care who scores a touchdown as long as it, somebody does. Fantasy-wise, I, I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant about Javante Williams and projecting that next big step. Is there a, is there a fourth-place team that excites you offensively like this team ever? I don't know if there's a last place team well, that they, you ever played football for over hundred. I know, years, but I'm so just saying, if like, you're gonna put me on the spot. I'm just no, saying but... recently. I just don't know if there's any team that was like coming out of a of a of a sub five five hundred season, finishing last in their division, and then turning around and going, oh, they got Cortland Sutton, they got they got Jerry Judy, they got uh, Tim Patrick, they've got they've got the running backs with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Now they have Russell Wilson. I mean, this team is. Stacked offensively. Well, I will tell you, and we spent talking about spent some time talking about it a couple weeks ago. Another last place team that's got a good amount of weapons, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. Now, but you Derek laughed Koff at me when I, Russell Wilson. Hold on, you laughed at me every single time I brought up the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to continue were... to laugh at you, but you ask me a question, I'm going to answer you. You know, you can be the radio professional, I'll be the idiot drinking beer and talking. But like, they they have a lot of weapons. Speaking of last place team, but obviously Denver Broncos, when you bring in Russell Wilson, and they've said they're committed to just letting him cook. I'm excited what he could do with that particular core the only problem is for fantasy purposes you're like well who's it going to be is it going to be judy is it going to be sutton hamler patrick you know what's also exciting about all that offensive talent they brought in some good defensive players too they brought in dj jones the interior defensive lineman from san francisco and they brought randy gregory in from from dallas yeah dj jones i I was going to bring him up very underrated I, I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, Randy Gregory, obviously, you know, he decided to, at the last second to take the Broncos because of some wording in the contract that the Cowboys offered him. I, I think they're going to be a, a very good team. They're going to be a team to reckon with. And I'm going to tell you why Las Vegas has their over-under at 10 wins. Their schedule. They mm-hmm. have a last-place schedule. Again, when you play in this division, it's tough. But listen to these nice, easy matchups. The Broncos matchups. That's what I said. You said the Raiders. Whatever. Do you know what I meant? <laughs> what team are we talking about? We're talking about the Broncos. All right. Yeah, they get to play Houston, the Jets, Carolina, Seattle, and Jacksonville. Mm. Nobody else in their division gets to say that. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I really, that that's why there's a lot of love for the Broncos out there. We were talking about how we kind of like the Chargers this year, and if the Chiefs still have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, and the Raiders went out and spent money. But, I, I mean, I, I see the love for the Broncos, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, they're over under 10 wins. And I'm like, wow, that's that would be a three-game improvement over last year. And that's definitely within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, their losses this year, I mean, obviously, you lose Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. But when you're bringing in Russell Wilson, who cares? Right? <laughs> I mean, you, you know. You I wasn't look, even going to mention them. I mean, you, you did you did, uh, you did did trade Shelby Harris was part of the trade to Seattle. But you brought in DJ Jones, so really, I mean, there's you know, a wash. And once again, I mean, and Noah Fant being gone, I mean, okay, okay, I mean, he's kind of middle of the road for tight ends. I mean, he's 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 formidable. He's he's, he's average, I would say. I wouldn't say he's. You don't have to say nice things about Noah Fant. He's not listening. All right, right. But that's the thing is, though, you can do that when you've got Cortland Sutton, Chin Patrick, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and Albert Owigabon. nice try there's a lot more syllables in that name what do you want me to say I'm just saying I don't think they're going to miss Noah Fant all that much because there's plenty of mouths to feed yeah and uh, you know they uh, they got they lost uh, they lost Kyle Fuller which anybody that's uh, a Bears fan knows that that's uh, addition by subtraction yes absolutely (laughs) and that's uh, I I, hey you know what good on him for getting paid yeah you know but um, yeah they're not going to miss him very much all right. Anything else you want to touch on with this team? Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see which Javante Williams is running back 14 in CBS. Melvin Gordon's running back 34. So you were saying how you think Javante Williams would be at a 60-40. CBS agrees with their rankings. Should they be 20 spots apart? Probably not. But Javante Williams is that shiny new toy. I, I, no, and, you're right. But, and also, which I brought up just in the last... In the last one, we were talking about rookie running backs. Nobody, Michael Carter. When I said Michael Carter and Javante Williams had the most broken tackles per you know hundred rushing yard, hundred rushes or anything like that. Nobody broke more tackles, and it wasn't even close than Javante Williams. 
Well, I mean, let's see if he continues to do that. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is in the NFL, you're playing grown men at every position every week. Mm-hmm. So let's see if he can keep that going. You know, because there's been a lot of running backs that tried that. Mm-hmm. You know, for every Jerome Bettis, there was a Ron Dane. Yeah. So Yeah, true. true. I, I mean, I'm just saying. So I, I just, I, th- I found that to be a pretty big discrepancy. When Javante Williams is ranked 14th and Melvin Gurr is 34, I, I didn't think they should be 20 spots apart. So this this division, now wrapping up, wrapping all this up here, this division is stacked. I mean, I think the only thing that I think that we could say is, is that we feel like the Chiefs are going to, are we in agreement here? The Chiefs are going to have some kind of regression, I think, with the loss of Tyreek Hill. Do you do you see any way that the Raiders do, the Raiders finish better than third or fourth in this division. I just can't see. I know they brought in Devontae Adams. I just think that Russell Wilson changes the Broncos by a handful of games. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Chargers are an upcoming te- up-and-coming team and stuff like that. I mean, the Raiders are, I don't know. I, I think they're all really great teams. But somebody's got to have the regression. I think it's probably the Raiders. I No, I, I don't disagree. I um, what I liken it to, remember when we were talking about the Vikings in the NFC North and how they had the lead in so many games and just had some bad luck? I think the team that's going to be left out in this division will be the team that had bad luck, that either had leads in fourth quarter that they blew or a ball bounced the wrong way or something hit a helmet, bounced in the air, became an interception. Somebody is going to be a good team on the outside looking in. Uh, um, that's That's why we love football. I, I mean... mean and and speaking of that, if Anthony Lynn can't can't find a way to get this team to win on the Chargers, I mean, do you just move on from him at that point? If he if he missed last year, the the Chargers head coach, if he misses if he missed last year and he misses this year with this much talent, do you think it's time to move on and just get another different coach? Because he takes a lot of crazy chances. Um, we'll see. Oh, so no comment. Obviously, Anthony Lynn is watching. Is no, um, I just think I just think what the Belichick way of playing football. What am I doing? Something wrong here? Or right, the Belichick way of playing football? It works when you do it right. Belichick is the same exact guy that at fourth and one he'll go for it on the you know uh, Belichick will go for a fourth and one on his own thirty-five, and it's all great when he does it. But if you don't do it. No, I, I didn't want to stop your thunder because you usually interrupt me when I'm having the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor. You know Brandon Staley is our head coach, right? I make mistakes all the time. Okay, that's Lynn why... Lynn was the coach that's before why, them. That's, before yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I yeah. gave you the look. And I was like, Brandon Staley is the cybermetrics, sabermetrics guy that likes to go take chances in fourth quarter. Well, now I'm just going to cut this whole thing out of the podcast. After well, that's okay. <laughs> no, you're gonna, we're going to keep it in. We're going to do it live. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it live. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think, you know, maybe the best way to wrap up this thing is our best bets for the AFC West. What do you say? All right, let's do it. You see, this is why we love doing this. We we There's a ton of podcasts out there. There's 80 million sports networks. This is why we do this. We don't edit anything. We leave it all in, and we have fun with each other. Whether I'm trying to give people the Raiders schedule and we're talking about the Broncos, or you're trying to give Anthony Lim his job back just to get him fired... <laughs> This is why we do it. This is fun. This is We drink beer while we're recording this. This is why we do it. This is fun. If you want hardcore fats, go watch ESPN News. Okay, this is what you're here for. We have fun with it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it. It's all supposed to be for fun. But the way we wrap these things up is with the best bets. I, I, I Like I said, I, I kind of... We already talked about it or whatever. I got two best bets for the AFC West, and I'll throw them at you. And I'll let you, the radio professional, finish this out. Radio professional. <laughs> Um, I, I think that uh, the Chargers to win the division at plus 220 is, is a solid bet. I'm throwing half a unit play on that. I think, you know, two-to-one money on somebody who I think is going to win this division is a good bet. I also, a sprinkle bet. And when I talk about sprinkle bets, let's say you're a $100 better. A sprinkle bet is $20. Mm-hmm. I think a sprinkle bet on Russell Wilson to win the MVP at 14-1 to one is, is, is a good value. Because when you see guys that win... The MVP. It's usually who has who's a good story. Who's who's a guy that that went from uh, you know took took a step from step A to step B. Um, I think Russell Wilson sets up really well. Nathaniel Hackett has said I'm going to let Russ cook. And when you talk about the feud, you know the divorce, if you will, between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, kind of like when you had the divorce between Kobe and Shaq. Now, granted, Shaq is a Hall of Fame basketball player, and Pete Carroll's a 70 year old head coach. Russell Wilson 
I think at least for the first couple of years is going to come out smelling like roses. And if you can give me him at 14-1 and put a little sprinkle on him, I think that's some good value right there. Yeah, I think both of those are really solid plays. They're, I think you you uh, hit the nail on the head on both of those. Um, I also like that we're not, we're not going to be very eventful here. My two plays are the Chargers. Um, I agree with you. The Chargers winning the division at plus 220. I think that the, 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 odds is the, the odds are there. Anytime you can get two times your money on something that you feel like is a pretty good shot that it happens – uh, you're definitely going to go with that bet. Um, the other one that I'm going to take is a, is a week one bet. I put it in as soon as the schedules were released and Russell Wilson landed where he was at. I was going to say, I know where no you're going. no way Russell Wilson doesn't No, 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 no go. you got to say it Rick style. There's, There's no, no way Russell Wilson does not go back into Seattle week one, getting a standing ovation from these fans and embarrasses that Seattle team. I think that Russell Wilson is going to go and cook and cook and cook all over Seattle. So you're one. so you're giving the four and a half. Yeah, well, I, I got it at four when the spread first came out and some of that. Does I, that help anybody? I will right still now? take it at four and a half. I'm telling you to take it at four and a half. I think this game. <laughs> yeah, you like Oprah. You get a car. Yes, you, you get a car. You get the four and a half. You get the four and a half. Everybody gets a four and a half. I mean, I just don't see any way that that the Broncos just don't go in there and just absolutely put Seattle on blast in week one on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that it's a Monday Night Football matchup. <laughs> um, our wives are going to hate that Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is yeah. going to be loaded. And I include Saturday because, you know, when you've got the college football going on, that counts too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's awesome because sometimes a Monday Night Football game, which doesn't get flexed, sometimes it's a dud. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're fulfilling obligations. Let's get Jacksonville and Houston on TV. Not this one. It might be the only time Seattle fans are rooting for the other team. I, I You know what? I agree, and rightly so, because I, what Russ did for that organization, that made them relevant for the first time since, what, Dave Craig? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Dave, Dave Craig. Didn't think I'd squeeze that yeah. one in, did you? Way to, way to work it in there. So Malcolm's thanks, giggling right yeah, now. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for everything. Uh, we'll see you for the next... Next episode coming up here. Rick, uh, what, are, what are we talking about that episode? We're Rick? talking about NFC West, and we're wrapping up our division, our divisional series, if you will, and working our way into some fantasy football. Then after that, you went into PBS voice on that. Yes, one. thank you for joining us on this PBS, <laughs> this NPR <laughs> podcast. No, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next episode.